Good morning for Wednesday, September 28, 2011. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here is some of what's making news today. Protests rise as faith in the vote ebbs. Health insurers push premiums sharply higher. And Christians fear life in Syria beyond Assad. In today's national headlines, civil religious rights clash over gay marriage. Report details wide abuse in Los Angeles jails and short-term solutions that take time and resolve little. In today's financial news, Greek vote approves a despised property tax, nagging fears on Europe slow a Wall Street rally, and deaths rise in listeria outbreak linked to cantaloupes. There will be more business stories along with more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Madrid. It's called Protests Rise as Faith in the Vote Ebbs, reported by Nicholas Kulish. Hundreds of thousands of disillusioned Indians cheer a rural activist on a hunger strike. Israel reels before the largest street demonstrations in its history. Enraged young people in Spain and Greece take over public squares across their countries. Their complaints range from corruption to lack of affordable housing and joblessness, common grievances the world over. But from South Asia to the heartland of Europe and now even to Wall Street, these protesters share something else, wariness, even contempt, toward traditional politicians and the democratic political process they preside over. Our parents are grateful because they're voting, said Martos Solanas, 27, referring to older Spaniards' decades spent under the Franco dictatorship. We're the first generation to say that voting is worthless. Economists have been one driving force with growing income inequality, high unemployment and recession-driven cuts in social spending breeding widespread malaise. But even in India and Israel, where growth remains robust, protesters say they so distrust their country's political class and its pandering to established interest groups that they feel only an assault on the system itself can bring about real change. Young Israeli organizers repeatedly turned out gigantic crowds insisting that their political leaders had been so thoroughly captured by security concerns, ultra-Orthodox groups and other special interests that they could no longer respond to the country's middle class. In the world's largest democracy, Anna Hazari, an activist, starved himself publicly for 12 days until the Indian parliament capitulated to some of his central demands on a proposed anti-corruption measure to hold public officials accountable. Increasingly, citizens are rejecting conventional structures like parties and trade unions in favor of a less hierarchical, more participatory system modeled on the culture of the web. In that sense, the protest movements in democracies are not altogether unlike those that have rocked authorian governments this year, toppling longtime leaders in Tunisia, Egypt, and Libya. Protesters have created their own political space online that is chilly toward traditional institutions of the powerful. The critical mass of wiki and mapping tools, video and social networking sites, the communal newswire of Twitter, and the ease of donations afforded by sites like PayPal make coalitions of like-minded individuals instantly viable. You're looking at a generation of 20- and 30-year-olds who are used to self-organizing, said Yokai Benkler, a director of the Berkman Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University. They believe life can be more participatory, more decentralized, less dependent on the traditional models of organization, 
either in the state or the big company. Those were the dominant ways of doing things in the industrial economy, and they aren't anymore.